They call me Ready Steady Joe. Joe, the forever ready. Yeah, I like that name. That's me. I'm ready. Are you ready? I started the podcast. Started the po- well, I'm glad that people know about me being forever ready. Ready Steady Joe. Yes. How have we yeah, gone true. like 35 <laughs> years? Yeah, never um, connected those two dots. I've never Three done dots. Ready Steady Joe. That's such ready, an easy... Steady Joe. That's what I'm going to say next time I make it love. If you ever make a solo band, call it Ready Steady Joe. Ready Steady Joe. And, just be, and on the track album, there'll only be three tracks. Ready? Steady? Um, Joe. Yeah, buddy. This episode is going to be super... Uh, the story's super long. Uh-huh. And I know last time <laughs> I said it was a super long story and we'd have to split up and we never did split up and we got through it all in one episode. But I don't think we're going to get through this in one episode, Joe. Richard's not lying this time is what he's saying. Basically, what I'm saying is Joe talks a lot. So there's no way I'm going to get through this story with the amount of words there are, with Joe interrupting every two seconds and making dumb comments. It's just not possible. This is true, but what we do know is every single word I say is fucking gold. Gold? No, I'd say every every 20th word. Uh, maybe one. Like 80% in, bullshit, 20%. One in 100. <laughs> so one, like percent, one, one in 100 of the words that come out of your mouth make sense. Yeah. And at least two of them <laughs> give you herpes. <laughs> yeah. Right, okay. Steady Joe. So we are doing the infamous, famous story that kind of started this whole podcast, which we teased last week, uh, The Watcher. Dude, half the words that come out of your mouth are mispronounced. That's what I should have said. It's a bit late on that one. How did I mispronounce Bam! The Watcher? No, no, I just mean... Yeah, you're, that's right. You're late, bruv. Yeah, I'm late. I'm bad timing on that. The Watcher... Is a very exciting story, and if you've seen the Netflix series, well, we're about to tell you the true story, not the bullshit Netflix dramatization, yeah. the actual fucking story, which is creepy and weird enough, I feel. That's right, and you've got two creeps reading it, so it should be really creepy. Uh, should we just get into it? Yeah, let's, let's tuck into this bad boy. Tuck into this bad boy? Let's treat it like a Sunday roast. It's me. Okay, okay, hold on, I'm, I'm getting it, okay. <laughs> in some circles, Sunday roasts are different things. One night in June 2014, Joe. Yes, June 2014. Derek Broadus had just finished an evening of painting at his new home in Westfield, New Jersey. Well, good for you, Derek. When he went outside to check them out. New Jersey. Derek and his wife, Maria, had closed on the six-bedroom house. Fucking hell, six bedrooms, mate. All right, These show off. These people aren't fucking about, are they? Well, in New Jersey, for his, uh, from not big deal. At 657 Boulevard three days earlier and were doing some renovations before they moved in. So, there wasn't much in the mail except a few bills and a white card-shaped envelope. It was addressed in thick, clunky handwriting to the new owner and the typed notes, that's right, Joe, typed notes. Yeah. Wait, wait, like, um, typewriter? Yeah. Oh, that's, um, that's, that's just added a massive area Creepy, of right? legitimate creepiness to it, yeah. yes. Inside began. Okay, you ready? Dearest new neighbour at 657 Boulevard. Yeah, I'm already... If that was... <laughs> obviously, the source of this, uh, I don't know yet. But if that was my actual neighbour, I'd be like, oh, let's move. Let's fucking move. If that was the next door neighbour, every time you go home... <laughs> hey, dear neighbour, how are you? I've got to fuck this. Allow me to welcome you to the neighbourhood. Seems innocent enough, so I feel, so far. Uh, yeah, it's very friendly. So, for the broadest buying, 657 Boulevard had fulfilled a dream. Maria was raised in Westfield and the house was a few blocks from her childhood home. It's nice. Derek grew up working class in Maine. All right, Derek. Fine. Then moved his way up the ladder at an insurance company in Manhattan to become a senior vice president, eh? With a salary large enough 
to afford the 1.3 million house. Them oh. some big bucks. Man's earning money buying big six bedroom house. Alright. But he's doing painting and decorating himself. Uh, I feel like he's overcompensating for a little dick or something to need all that. You but know okay. what? I really feel that as well. Yeah. Because when uh, <laughs> broke people just have large cocks, and that's why they yeah. don't overcompensate. That's right. Um, the, the more money you earn, it shrinks. It shrinks. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly it. The Broadasses had brought 657 Boulevard just after Derek celebrated his 40th birthday. Joe, that, I've still got hope. I'm not 40 yet. I could buy this house. Yeah, you might live to 40. Fucking hell. And their three kids were already debating which of the house's fireplaces Santa Claus would use. Which of the house's fireplaces? Yeah, it's got a lot of fireplaces. That's some first world problems. I mean, yeah. No, I want this fireplace, mummy. Oh no, mummy, I need no Santa's gonna come here or not. All I know, all I know, young man, is that Santa will be coming in mummy tonight. That's that's <laughs> what I can guarantee you. Because daddy is daddy is Santa Claus. Just to let you know, there's no cheating. Daddy is Santa Claus. Anyway, uh, but as Derek kept reading the letter from his new neighbour, it took a turn. How did you end up here? The writer asked. It sounds like he's had a stroke of a bit of Alzheimer's all of a sudden. He's talking to himself. Where did, am I? Did 657 Boulevard call to you with its force within? Fucking idiot. 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now. Boulevard? And as it approaches its 110th birthday, I've been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. I'm sorry to cut you off there, Rich. Re- read it a bit again. It's been a subject to my family? Yeah. Is that what you said? 657 Boulevard. Subject of my family for decades now. Subject of my family. Yeah. Subject of my family. Subject of my family. Hmm. I'm just trying to understand the relationship between the watch, potential relationship between the watcher and the house if it's subject of his family. He feels he's had some kind of relationship with it, so he spent some time in it. He must have. He was, oh, he was a cleaner who got fired for stealing the silverware. Yeah, could be. Could be many things. All right. Continue with this creep's letter. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched it in the 1960s. It is now my time. Do you know the history of the house? <laughs> the man's trying to recreate the Truman Show. He's just watching <laughs> these people who live in his house for 100 years. I mean, maybe Telly was just really boring at the time. Um, do you know the history of this house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? I do know the history. You just fucking told me. You've been watching it for a hundred years. Oh, Your granddaddy oh. and his before him. Why are you here? <laughs> I will here? I will find out. I will find out? Yeah. Fucking <laughs> hell. Okay, no. The Ulfa's, uh, re- big word, recognizes this bloody thing. What? And apparently- no, 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 no. <laughs> Let's go back to that. The man who uh, mispronounces half of his words. What, what's he written? The Ulfa's re- rec- Reconnaissance. 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 That's the one. Only <laughs> I can understand the retardations of you. Uh, you read a word again. Reca, reca, and I know what it is. Had apparently already begun. The letter identified the broadest Honda minivan as well as the workers renovating the home. I see already that you have flooded 657 Boulevard with contractors so that you could destroy the house as it was supposed to be. Tisk. Tisk, tisk. <laughs> Anyone who writes tisk, tisk, tisk is a fucking freak for sure. It sounds like my old neighbour. Ain't nothing. I want nothing to do with no Honestly, one. Honestly, it sounds like my old neighbour. Who writes notes and says tisk, tisk, tisk. Bad move. You Bad don't. Move. You don't want to make six five seven Boulevard unhappy. <laughs> it refers to the house as like a living thing, feeling. Yeah. 
emotive uh, being. Early in the week, Derek and Maria had gone to the house and chatted with their new neighbours while their children, who were five, eight, and ten years old, ran around the Look backyard. At this fucking hell. Oh, sorry, hold on, stop the sorry, story. Sorry, road, road, road raging right again. now. Some city cunts. Road. <laughs> sorry, try fucking Jesus. Sorry, back to the story. Uh, so, uh, Derek and Maria had gone to the house and chatted with their new neighbours while their children, who were five, eight, and ten, ran around the backyard with several kids from the neighbourhood. The letter writer. The letter writer seemed to have noticed. You have children. <laughs> oh, that's never what you want to hear from some creep with a typewriter. You have children. Ooh. I have seen them. The little darling. So far, I think there are three that I have counted. The anonymous correspondent wrote, before asking if there were more on the way. Do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? Requested. Better for me. I feel like this guy has done some sort of seance with the house saying, bring young blood. Requested. Was your old house too small for the grown family? Or was it greed to bring me your children? Was it greed to bring... <laughs> what? Yeah. This dude's on drugs. Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. So when he says, I've counted at least three, the next time he writes, I've molested at least three. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, the envelope had no return address. Who am I? The person wrote. There are hundreds and hundreds of cars that drive by 657 Boulevard each day. So a car's writing this message. Is that one together? <laughs> Maybe I'm in one. Look at all the windows you can see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe I'm in one. Look out to any of the many windows in 657 Boulevard at all the people who stroll by each day. Park life! Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I am one. The letter concluded with a suggestion that the message would not be the last. Welcome, my friends. Welcome. Let the party begin. A bit of a Vincent Price air to it, that last bit. It did, didn't it? Yeah. Followed by the, the party begin. signature in a cursive font. The Watcher. And with Let the Party Begin. The Watcher. Uh, yeah, Let the Party Begin, then The that's Watcher. That's very fucking ominous. Let the Party Begin. He's talking so. about, don't change the house, you'll make the house unhappy. I've requested young blood. Let the party begin. I'm on. So, it was after 10pm, and Derek Broadus was alone. He raced around the house, turning off lights so no one could see inside. Mm. Then called the Westfield Police Department. Uh, an officer came to the house, read the letter and said, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Hold on, let me do a better voice. What the fuck is this? Hey, in New Jersey, we don't do this shit. What the fuck is this? He asked Derek if he had enemies and recommended moving a piece of construction equipment from the back porch in case the watcher tried to toss it through a window. <laughs> That's fucking intense. I reckon he's doing all sorts of tossing. Uh, Derek rushed back to his wife and kids who were living at their old home elsewhere in Westfield. And said, we're going to be rich. Uh, then we already are. Let's send it to Netflix. That night, Derek and Maria wrote an email to John and Andrea Woods. The couple sold them 657 Boulevard. And then they went, oh yeah, of course. Sorry, I forgot about mentioning the watcher. Yeah, to ask if they had any idea who the watcher might be or why he or she had written, I asked the Woods to bring me, young blood, and it looks like they listened. Um, Andrea Woods replied the next morning 
a few days before Say moving out. LOL. <laughs> the, Got ya. The Woodsies, as I'm now going to call them, uh, had also right, re- had also received a letter from the Watcher. Uh huh. The note had been odd, she said, and made similar mention of the Watcher's family obs- observing the house over time. But Andrea said. She and her husband had never received anything like it in their 23 years in the house and had thrown the letter away without much fault. That day, the Woodseeds went with Maria to the police station where Detective Leonard Lugo told her not to tell anyone about the letters. Wait, wait, so this previous Woodsy people, yeah. they lived there for 20-something years yeah. and they received like, one letter and it was yeah. like, just all right. Yeah, something about old family used to watch it, blah, blah, blah. And they never heard nothing else? Yeah, they just thought it was odd. Okay, well... I think they're lying, Joe. They sold the house and made millions. Yeah. Um, so Detective Leonard Lewis has basically said, don't tell anyone about letters. Mm-hmm. That's a bit weird. Including her new neighbours, most of whom she had never met. And all of whom were now... Suspects. Suspects. You're a suspect. You're a suspect, eh? Neighbour, you're a suspect. I suspect you to be the watcher. Uh, I love how you flip back and forth from... Australian slash Canadian and American. Yeah, man. The Broaders spent the coming weeks on high alert. Derek cancelled a work trip. <laughs> okay, wow, high alert. He cancelled a fucking work trip, dude. Oh, I mean, the dude's talking about a young blood. He's referring to his children. And whenever Maria took the kids to their new house, she would yell their names if they uh, if they wandered into a corner of the yard. When Derek gave a tour of the renovation to a couple on the block, he froze when the wife said, "It'll be nice to have some young blood in the neighbourhood." <laughs> the broad house with the broad juices general contractor arrived one morning to find that a heavy sign he'd hammered into the front yard had been ripped out overnight. Two weeks later, after the letter arrived, Maria stopped by the house to look at some paint samples and check them out. Who's she, Maria again? The the wife. Oh, okay, she lived there, she lived there, yeah. yeah. She recognised the thick black lettering on a card-shaped envelope and called the police. Welcome again to your new home at 657 Boulevard. Only me. The Watcher wrote, The workers have been busy, and I have been watching you unload carfuls of your personal And belongings. I've been unloading whilst watching you unload. <laughs> the dumpster is a nice touch. Have they found what's in the walls yet? In time they will. This time, the watcher had addressed Derek and Maria directly, misspelling their names as Mr. and Mrs. Brothers. 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 Mr. Brothers. Assuming they're... Uh... Had the watcher been close enough to hear one of the Broadhouse's uh, contractors addressing them, uh-huh. the watcher boosted, boasted of having learned a lot about the family in the preceding weeks, especially about their children. The letter identified the Broadhouse's three kids by birth order... And by their nicknames. Nicknames as well. Yep. Someone's been properly listening. The ones Maria had been yelling. I'm pleased to know your names now and the names of the young blood you have brought to me. <laughs> you certainly say their names often. Are you sure this person writing this letter is not Dracula? Or Dracula's <laughs> slightly disabled cousin? No. The letter asked about one child in particular whom the writer had been using an easel inside an enclosed porch. Is she the artist in the family? The letter continues. 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It has been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallways of the house. 
Have you found all the secrets it holds yet? Will the young blood play in the basement? I don't think there's any secrets bigger than this. What is the secret of the um, origin of this letter? There's nothing you can find in this house that's going to be a bigger secret than what's going on with this guy's letter. It's true, but... Surely. Alrighty. Unless he's like writing it from the basement. Alrighty, too afraid to go down there alone. I would be very afraid if I were them. It is far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. Fucking hell. What fucking arsehole? Getting a bit on us, isn't it? Yeah, man. He's basically, he's like, very slyly threatening the kids, basically. Yeah. Will they sleep in the attic? Or will all sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedrooms facing the streets? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me to know who is in which bedroom. So I can do my kill list in order. Then I can plan better. Yep, see? All of the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Do you know what? Cost a lot of money this house. It'd be a crazy thing to do. But just to spite this guy, I'd be so tempted to just bulldoze the house. Oh, mate. That would, like, be so satisfying. Do you know what? You're so true. You're so right. I mean, you know, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck your obsession with this house. I'm bulldozing this shit. Fuck your threats! Yes. I'll, 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 uh, obviously this is creepy, and if you've got kids, you're going to be worried, but another part of me is, like, starting to get angry. I'm like, fucking come to the house and see what happens, you fucking prick. I would have moved out after the first letter, I think. Would you? Yeah, I really do. Uh, who am I? Moving is kind of complicated. He likes to say, who am I a lot? Who am I? I am the Watcher, and have been in control of 657 Boulevard control. for the better part of two decades now. Yeah, control. In control of thing. okay. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on, and kindly sold it when I asked them to. <laughs> I passed. Take a commission, is it? agent? <laughs> What's going on? I passed by many times a day. 657 Boulevard is my job. My life, my obsession. Yeah, bulldoze the house, please. And now you are too, brothers, family. <laughs> Welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what brought the past three <laughs> families to 657 Boulevard, and now it has brought you to me. This sounds like some bitter bitch. Who... You think they just wanted to buy the house? No, I think they love the house for whatever reason. Maybe they. Had a ch- it was a childhood friend grew up there. says their granddad used to watch it as well. I had a similar thing with the neighbour. Huh? Hated my house. The neighbour, neighbour, remember in my last house? Yeah. Was pissed yeah. that the person before us changed the inside of the house or whatever because they wanted to be the original this and the original that. Lunatics. They were like really upset, and that's why they blamed all the smells and the whole situation because they blamed it on the previous owners doing right. whatever they did. This guy and they were obsessed story. with it Just like the Watcher Joe Maybe that person Is the fucking Watcher Maybe But he's saying that His daddy watched it And his granddaddy Watched the house So it's been like Watching it It sounds like They come from a family Of servants or something Have a happy moving In day You know I will be watching I know some fucking private detectives, like six of them. <laughs> They'll catch this guy, surely. Derek and Maria stopped bringing their kids to the house. They were no longer sure when or if they would move in. Several weeks later, a third letter arrived. Where have you gone to? <laughs> the watcher wrote. 
657 Boulevard is missing you. Many Westfield residents compare their town to Mayberry, the idyllic setting for the Andy Griffith show. I don't know what that shit is. It's an American reference. American listeners, enjoy. We, we British people ain't got a clue. The kind of place where a new neighbour might greet you with a welcoming note. Westfield is 45 minutes from New York and a bit too slow for singles, meaning the town's 30,000 residents are largely well-to-do families. Well-to-do. Does that just mean they're busy? What does well-to-do no, mean? No, I think it means they're well-off. Okay. This year, Bloomberg ranked Westfield the 99th richest city in America. But only the 18th wealthiest in New Jersey. And in 2014, when the watcher struck, the website, Neighbourhood Scout, named it the country's 30th safest town. Excluding <laughs> the watcher. Yeah. The most pressing local issues of late, according to residents, have been the temporary closure of Trader Joe's after roof collapse. Oh, not Trader Joe's. I know, right? He's like the working man, Joe. And the rampant scrouge of unconstitutional policing, by which they mean aggressive parking enforcement. Oh my God, that's what unconstitutional uh, policing is. They're so aggressive with their parking tickets. Little demographic uh, statistic for you, Joe. Westfield is 86% white. I could have figured out. One activity all locals recognised as treacherous is trying to buy a house. What? Yeah. There's a lot of money and a lot of ego. Hold on, let me do that again. I need more posh voice. There's a lot of money and a lot of ego. <laughs> One resident who requested anonymity. anonymity <laughs> yeah, before, good, good pronunciation. Dude. Before discussing Westfield real, real estate told me, I've seen bidding wars where friends lost by 300,000. A Broadhouse's house was on the boulevard, a wide tree-lined street with some of the most desirable homes in town. As the watcher noted, the boulevard used to be the street to live on. You made it if you lived on the boulevard. (laughs) Built in 1905, 657 Boulevard was perhaps the grandest home on the block and when the woods, when the the woodsies, the woodsies, (laughs) put it on the market, they had received multiple offers about their asking price. That led the Broadhouses to initially suspect that the watcher might be someone upset over losing out on the house. Maybe. But the 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 woodsies, uh, said one interested buyer had backed out after a bad medical diagnosis, while another had already found a different home. In an email to the Broadhouses, Andrea Woods proposed another theory. Would the mention of the contractor trucks and your children suggest that it was someone in the neighbourhood? The letters did indicate proximity. They had been processed in Kiani, the Kiani, the US Postal Services Distribution Center in northern New Jersey. The first was postmarked June the 4th before the sale was public. The Woodsees had never put up a for a, a put up a for sale sign and only a day after the contractors arrived. The renovations were mostly interior and people who lived nearby said they didn't notice an unusual commotion even from the jackhammering in the basement. When Derek and Maria walked Detective Lugo around the house, they showed him that the easel on the porch was hidden from the street by vegetation, making it difficult to see unless someone was behind the house right next door. This is, yeah, this is, this guy's got intimate knowledge. Maybe he's one of the movers or something. No, that would just be too... Maybe the, maybe the people that own the house were assholes and the movers were like, let's fuck with these people. Maybe, I don't know. A few days after the first letter, 
Marie and Derek went to a barbecue across the street, welcoming them and another new owner to the block. The Broadhouses hadn't told anyone about the watcher, as the police had instructed, and found themselves scanning the party for clues while keeping tabs on their kids, who ran ghoulously through a crowd and made up much of the suspect pool. We kept screaming at them to say, stay close, Maria said. (laughs) People must have thought we were crazy. Yeah. At one point, Derek was chatting with John Smith, who lived two doors down, when Smith told him about the Langfords, who lived between them. Peggy Langford was in her 90s, and several of her adult children, all in their 60s, lived with her. The family... Several of her adult children lived with her? Yeah, and they're in their 60s. Okay, then. The family was a bit odd, Smith said, but harmless. He described one of the younger Langfords, Michael, who didn't work and had a beard like Ernest Hemingway, as kind of a Bo Radley character. Fuck his bow random. I don't know, some Americans, yeah. Uh, Derek thought the case was solved. The <laughs> Lam- those creeps. He did. The Lanford house was right next to the easel on the porch. The family had lived there since the 1960s when the watcher's father, uh, when the watcher's father, the letter said, had begun observing 657 Boulevard. Richard Lanford, the family uh, patriarch, had died 12 years earlier. And the current watcher claimed to have been on a job for the better part of two decades. When the Broadhouses told uh, Lugo about the family, he said he already knew, and a week after the first letter arrived, he brought Michael Lanford to police headquarters for an interview. Michael denied knowing anything about the letters, but the Broadhouses say that Lugo told them that the narrative of what he said matched things mentioned in the letters. <laughs> he kept saying young blood or fresh blood or something. This isn't exactly CSI Westfield, Lugo later told the Broadhouses. <laughs> When the wife is dead, it's the husband. <laughs> but there wasn't much... He sounds like a proper character in the show. But there wasn't much hard evidence. And after a few weeks, the police chief told the Broadhouses that short of an admission, there wasn't much the department could do. Yeah, buddy. This is someone who threatened my kids. And the police are saying, probably nothing's going to happen, Derek said. Probably isn't good enough for me. After the second letter... I don't know why I sound... Uh, those fresh your kids. Mm, nothing happened. Probably. I feel like Derek is played by Sylvester Stallone right now. Uh, oh! Who are you giving him back to the record? You're good enough for me! Hey, hey, After a second letter, Derek told the cops that if they didn't take care of the situation, they would have... Gonna take care of ...a them. different kind of case on their hands. This person attacked my family! And where I'm from, if you do that, you get your ass beat! <laughs> Derek told him... <laughs> I quite yeah, like Yeah, working class Derek is back. I quite like Derek. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't forgot his roots. Yeah, buddy. Frustrated, the Broadhouses began their own investigation. Yes. Derek became especially obsessed. The police ain't gonna solve it, so. Uh... He set up webcams in 657 Boulevard and spent nights crouched in the dark watching to see if anyone was watching their house at close Derek, range. That's how you do it. Maria thought I was crazy! He told me recently at a coffee shop in Manhattan, where he covered a table with documents relating to the case, including copies of the letters which he and his wife had shared with only a few friends and family members. He showed me a map displaying when each of 657 boulevards had moved in. The Lanfords were the only ones since the 60s. That's weird. With overlays marking possible sight lines for the easel and a circle for approximately range of earshot <coughs> to estimate who might have heard Maria yelling their kids' names. Mm. Only a few homes fit both criteria. Mm. 
I mean, he's, he's trying. Doing better than the police for sales of it. The Broadhouse is also turned to several experts. They employed a private investigator who staked out the neighbourhood and ran yeah. background checks on the Langfords, but didn't find anything noteworthy. Derek reached out to a former FBI agent who served as the inspiration for Clarice Starlin in The Silence of the Lambs. Say that again. Reached out to an FBI who... Um, who was the inspiration, the inspiration. for Clarice Starlin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jodie uh, They were on a high school board of trustees together and they also hired Robert Lennyhan, another former FBI agent. I mean, you've got fucking former FBI people involved. Oh, yeah, yeah. He sounds like you actually put in some serious effort into yeah, getting man. this sorted. To conduct a threat assessment. Lenehan recognised several old-fashioned ticks in the letter that yes. pointed to an older writer. Yes. The envelope was addressed to M.M. Brothers. The salutations uh, included the day's weather, warm and humid, <laughs> sunny and cool for a summer day, <laughs> and the sentences had double spaces between them. The letters had a certain literacy panache, which suggested a ferocious reader <laughs> and surprising lack of profanity given the level of anger, which, yeah, I would just be like effing and jeffing if I wrote an angry letter. <laughs> effing and jeffing. Which Lennon thought meant a uh, less macho writer. <laughs> Fucking hell. Oversimplified. Uh, they're, they're, um, what's that called? They're, um, what's that thing? Profiling, that's what they're doing. Oh, they're doing the Christmas lights for Ongar. So we're just driving through Ongar. Sorry, guys. And they're doing the Christmas lights. Just to say, right, I lived here for years and I never watched them put the Christmas lights up. Uh, what a prick I am. Nah, just... It's for kids, I'm pretty sure, isn't it? Uh, well, no, what are you trying to say? It's just Christmas, man. It's just getting into a Christmas spirit. Why but do to you... watch people put up lights is why not do, entertaining. Why do you hate Christmas? I don't hate Christmas, I'm saying. Why, I, I, hate, why do you, who I hurt... hate watching people put up lights. Who hurt you at Christmas, Joe? Who hurt you at Christmas? It was Santa, wasn't it? Yeah, he never got me that. Uh... It was Santa. What the fuck is that? Hold on, there's more Christmas shit going on. Onga's going all out, bruv. Well done for waving. Good, good, Pete. Good, that's what you do. Oh my gosh, there's like a Christmas fair in Onga. Right next to the pub that's called The Cock. Wow. Oh, oh my now, god. See, now this is interesting. There's a fun fair. Now that is for kids, and that is wicked for kids. Yeah, I agree. I, I've got no children to bring here. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna... Now, after this podcast, me and Richard got a mandate. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna go play it in the fun fair. Okay, so, where are we going? Where am I up to? I don't know, Youngblood? Uh, less Metro writer. Maybe he wondered, the Watcher had seen The Watcher starring Keanu Reeves as a serial killer who stalks the detective trying to catch him. Ever seen it, Joe? I've never even heard of uh-uh. it. I want to watch it now because it sounds good, though. That's really cool. A serial killer who stalks the detective trying to catch him. Genius. Uh, <coughs> Lenahan didn't think The Watcher was likely to act on the threats, but the letters had enough typos and errors to imply a certain erraticism. That's a great word, by the way. Erraticism. The not f- the same, not to be confused with eroticism. No, that's, that's, a, that's a sexy kind of eroticism. The first letter was dated Tuesday, June the 4th, but that day was a Wednesday. There was, oh, no, not Wednesday. <laughs> hold on. There was also a seething anger directed mm. at the wealthy in particular. Yeah, like the whole talk about greed and yep. the greed before. And... The watcher was upset by any new money moving into town. <laughs> Are you one of those Hoboken transplants who are ruining Westfield? Hoboken transplants? Yep, that's where you're at. This is some old weirdo. The house is crying from all of the pain it is going through. <laughs> You've changed it and made it so fancy. This guy is an absolute fucking idiot. You are stealing its history. This is really like my old neighbour. It cries for the past and what used to be in the time when I roamed its halls. 
Mm-hmm. You've been inside the The 1960s were a good time for 657 Boulevard when I ran from room to room, imagining the life with the rich occupants there. The house was full of life and young blood. Then it got old, and so did my father. But he kept watching until the day. So his dad was probably like, I don't he know, a died. <laughs> his dad was like a gardener or something. Possibly. And when like he couldn't get childcare, that little boy ran around the house yep. with the family, his kids, yep. and obviously was very jealous that they had all this probably loads of cool shit, toys and stuff. Whereas he probably just had sawdust to play with. <laughs> and now he's now he just sounds like a fucking loser. Uh, yeah. Uh, and now... Yeah, fucking life, bro. And now I watch and wait for the day when the young blood will be mine again. What? I don't know, that's what he says. When the young blood will be mine again. Lenehan recommended looking into former housekeepers, Joe. Yeah. Or their descendants. Perhaps the that's watcher right. was jealous that the broadhouses had bought a home that the writer couldn't afford. Seems that way. But the focus remained on the Langfords. In cooperation with Westfield Police, the Broadhouses sent a letter to the Langfords announcing plans to tear down the house, hoping to prompt a response. Yes, smart. See, all the things you thought of, Joe, they're thought of. Nothing happened, Joe. Yeah, it's because I don't think it's those Langford people. Detective Lugo brought Michael Langford in for a second interview, but got nowhere, and his sister Abby accused the police of harassing their family. Eventually, the Broadhouses hired Lee Levitt, a lawyer, who met with several members of the Langford family, as well as their attorney, to show them the letters, along with photos explaining how their home was one of the few vantage points from which the easel could be seen. The meeting grew tense, Levitt told me, and the Lamphers insisted Michael was innocent. One night, Derek had a dream in which he confronted Peggy, the eldest Lamford, and demanded she build an eight-foot fence between the properties. Possibly. It's not the Langfords, but maybe they have some sort of maintenance people or visitor who... Yeah. It's possible. Oh, yeah. Possible. Maria... So they've got the vantage point to see the easel or whatever. Yeah. There's someone who's there frequently but doesn't live there, is not a resident there. I don't know. It's possible. Maria was having other kinds of dreams. Yeah. One night she... Not sexy ones. Yeah. One night she woke up to an especially vivid one about a man who lived nearby. He was wearing these boots and carrying a pitchfork and calling to the kids and I couldn't get to them in time, Maria said. She thought almost anyone oh, could Maria's be the watcher. Annoying, isn't she? <laughs> Which made daily life <laughs> feel like navigating a labyrinth of threats. I've only got one girl voice, alright? She probed the faces of shoppers at Trader Joe's to see if they looked strangely at her kids and spent hours googling anyone who seemed suspicious. Oh man, this is fucking tearing them apart. Yeah, of course. Uh, there were reasons to consider other suspects for one thing the police spoke to Michael before the second letter was sent which would make sending two more especially reckless uh, the broadhouses say that Lugo told them they wouldn't receive any more letters after he spoke to Michael then there was the rest of the neighbourhood to consider the private investigator found two child sex offenders within a few blocks bloody hell yeah Bill Woodward the broadhouses house painter had also noticed something strange the couple behind 657 Boulevard kept a pair of lawn chairs strangely close to the Broadhouse's property. One day, I was looking... Hold on, let me do it. One day, I was looking out the window and I saw this older guy sitting in one of the chairs. He wasn't facing his house. And he had his dick out. <laughs> he was facing the Broadhouse's. And he kept saying, young blood. When I'm cleaning windows. <laughs> um, but by the end of 2014, the investigation had stalled. 
The watcher had left no digital trail, no fingerprints, and no way to place someone at the scene of the crime that could have been hatched from pretty much any mailbox in northern New Jersey. I mean, you've solved it there. They left no fingerprints. You're looking for someone without fingers here. <laughs> they have no fingers. The letters could be mailed, uh, sorry, the letters could be read closely for possible clues um, or dismissed as the nonsensical ramblings of a sociopath. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was like trying to find a needle in a haystack, said Scott Krause, who helped investigate the case for the Union County Prosecutors, Prosecutors Office. In December, the Westfield Police told the Broadhouses they had run out of options. Derek showed the letters to his priest, who agreed, Joe? <laughs> it was Satan. <laughs> if he said that, that would be amazing. These letters are from Lucifer himself. Who agreed to bless the house. Oh, lovely. Isn't that nice? Oh, bless the house. So, uh... Providing all those other families who had themselves chopped up, nothing to bless it. Joe, that is going to be the end of part one of our story. That's the end of part one. That is going to be the end of part one. And I'm telling you what... This might even be a three-part podcast episode. Well, there is so much stuff to cover. Listeners, don't worry. Nothing's going to happen because the house has been blessed, all right? Yeah. All the problems have been solved. This is where it's ending right blessed. now. Uh, everything's fine. Everyone go to sleep happy, knowing that the house has been blessed. You can all relax. And next week, you'll find out what other crazy, weird shit's about to happen. All right. That's it from uh, The Watcher. Um, Joe, what would you have done in this situation, by the way? We so have- far, with all this shit. <laughs> I'd be obviously you'd fear for your children. I would have just. I'd be very fucking angry. I would have got. I would have made my kids stay somewhere else, and then I would have got like a bunch of really annoying, loud people to be really annoying to live with. So if that made a difference, if that didn't make a difference, I'd become a nudist and see if that offended them and upset them. Because I bet so many fusspots. Uh, like, if it is some old fusspot, which is making a scene, they'll be so offended by the nudist. Issue with like, the disrespect you are showing girls with your naked arms. Start rubbing your balls up against yeah, the windows exactly it, and see like, how they react. How do you like this six five seven Boulevard? Take oh, it. When you come home drunk, piss on the front door, <laughs> yeah, yeah. smear your shit all over the walls, <laughs> yeah. see how they react. Yeah. I mean, they might, you might just be fucking up your house. Yeah, kind of. I still go for bulldozing. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, you got to have some money, Joe, because they've just got Yeah, one, I know this is like... Like 1.5 stup- million or whatever. Stupid money for that. But, um... Yeah, I don't know. This watcher guy's fucking dickhead. Oh, talk about an arsehole. Yeah, he's, he's a big-time arsehole. Okay, so this is the end of part one. Um, Joe, anything you want to say to the listeners before we go? Fuck that watcher. Fuck that watcher. Fuck him in his fucking face.